Lord, plant my feet on high. 
privilege to once again have this opportunity. Uh, I thank my pastor, Fred Jeff Smith, for uh, calling me Thursday night. Mm -hmm. um, and asked me to preach on today. I, um, my, me and my family had other, other plans and we made a U-turn I was sharing with a friend of mine, I'm not at the position to tell God no. Uh, uh, because I wouldn't want to see how that turns out for me to start telling God no. Um, but I have several people sitting in this section right here. Uh, my father, my mother from Gulfport, Mississippi has come here, so I gotta be on my best behavior. Um, right behind them, we can go eat lunch just about every other Sunday, and y'all know the, our church members. But right behind them, uh, Mike Howard, his lovely wife, and his mother-in-law has come from Gonzales. So I really gotta be on my best behavior. I see my neighbor all the way in the back. He's coming, y'all know this guy right here who decided to wear the same color suit. <laughs> when he walked in the door, I was like, go home, change the suit, you're gonna, gonna confuse people in here. They're not gonna know which one's supposed to get up and preach and which one's supposed to say amen behind them. So um, I'm sure you got the right one. As I stand to deliver this word from God, in the key verse that I, I chose is Exodus, the 15th chapter, the A part of verse number two, uh, which says, God is my strength. God is my song. And yes, God is my salvation. This is the kind of God I have. For the time that's ours to share on this morning, I would like to speak from the topic my God works. My God works. Go with me for a minute. In, in 1686, a 44-year-old mathematician and physicist by the name of Sir Isaac Newton published a book which uh, presented his theories of universal gravity and three laws of motion. It is in his third law of motion which explains his proven concept that to every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, how interesting is it that his third law of motion is, is fully scientific and mathematical but is also re relevant and very practical to our day-to-day -day lives. 
Uh, we've all heard the cliches, you only get out of it what you put in it. Don't expect more until you do more. Or one of my favorites, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. And if we take a minute to evaluate where we are in our lives at this present moment, the outcome of our present situation is a direct reflection of what we've put into our lives. Even with our spiritual walk with God, we say, God, I want to know you more, but we don't put in the work to seek him through his word. Uh, we say, God, I want a better relationship with you, but we don't spend enough time talking with him and most of all, listening when he talks back to us. We even say we want to give, we want God to give us all the desires of our heart, but we fail to delight ourselves in him. Uh, church, I believe that Newton was onto something, and if you allow me for a moment, this young preacher to drop a little nugget of knowledge in your ear this morning, there is no way that we can seek God, grow with God, and delight ourselves in God if we're only finding ourselves in this building during regular worship hours. Um, now, don't get it twisted. I don't mean to ruffle anyone's feathers. There's nothing wrong with attending Sunday morning worship service. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but just watch what equal and opposite reaction that God would display towards us if we do our part and make the sacrifices of our time to be a part of more than just Sunday worship. Um, the Bible instructs us to study and rightly divide God's words, which means just as necessary as it is for us to come to Sunday worship service, it should be just as a necessity for us to attend church school. Our growing relationship with God is made evidence in our attendance and participation in church activities. We do the possible, and I promise you, my brothers and sisters, on this morning, God will take care of the impossible. In the context of this scripture, here we find Israel already having been released from bondage in Egypt and has begun their travel toward the promised land. But 24 days into their journey, they found themselves at the Red Sea. Even though God was already working for his chosen people, it was at the shore of the Red Sea where God's supernatural powers were put on display against the natural obstacle that was in front of Israel. In other words, here's where the natural met the supernatural. How often have we found ourselves on the shores of our natural problems that seem too difficult for us to figure out, but then out of nowhere, the spiritual, the supernatural power of God began to work on our behalf. No matter who we are, what we know, there is absolutely nothing that can do for us what the supernatural power can do for us. No education can do it for us. No titles and initials surrounding our name can do it for us. No organizational affiliation can do it for us. No amount of money in our pockets can do it for us. No house on the hill and vehicles that's so technologically advanced that they can drive themselves, they can't even do it for us. Only the supernatural power of God Working in our lives is the only thing that can make a difference. Israel's natural reaction to God's supernatural actions of parting the Red Sea and God allowing them to get to the underside unscathed and unharmed 
gives us what our natural reaction should be to God when we also see God working in our lives. Church, when we first, when we begin to see God working in our lives first, we must praise him for his works. The 31st verse of the 14th chapter of Israel said, And Israel looked and saw the Egyptians dead washed upon the shore of the sea. And they realized exactly what God had done. Uh, the people were in awe before God and trusted in God and his service, Moses. But then they started singing and giving their voice together, singing their hearts out to God. What a victory. A church, I don't... Uh, I know we're used to hearing about all the wrong things that Israel did after being freed from bondage in Egypt, but here on the other side of the Red Sea, Israel got it right. They began to immediately praise God for his works. The key word right there is immediately. It was no pause. There was no hesitation. It was no, I'm going to thank him tomorrow. No, they immediately started praising God. I could just hear them singing, there's a praise on the inside that I can't keep to myself. A holler stirring up from the depths of my soul. Praise is real when it comes from deep down within our bodies and it comes out however it sounds. The Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So it doesn't matter how it sounds, it got to come out. The Bible says and the Lord would accept our praise. When we make the joyful noise, no matter how it sounds, he's going to accept it as long as we're praising to our God. The 446 songs begin by saying, praise the Lord. It ends by saying, praise the Lord. The 147, 48, and 149 songs all begin with saying, praise the Lord. And they all end by saying, praise the Lord the Lord. But that 150th Psalm start off by saying praise the Lord, but it ends by saying let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. So let me help us out this morning. Put your hands in front of your face and blow towards it. And if you feel something on your hand right now, you ought to be praising God. And there are times when I'm going through some stuff and I'm able to verbalize my praise by saying hallelujah. We all know that hallelujah is the highest praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your mighty works. Thank you for your mighty acts. Thank you, God, for everything that you've done in my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's a songwriter that says, when I think about his goodness and all that he's done, for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank you, God, for saving me. So not only must we praise him for his mighty works, next we must proclaim his goodness. The part A of verse 2 reads, God is my strength, God is my song, and yes, God is my salvation. Once again here, church Israel got it right again. They went from praise to proclamation. Just as there's a need to petition him to save us, there should be just as big of a need for us to proclaim his goodness. I believe that when we should just bask in his goodness and verbalize how good he's been to us. We never hesitate to tell God about our problems, so we shouldn't hesitate to tell him and express his goodness back toward him. 
We should say, God, you're good and you're good all the time. We should be able to say you're food when I'm hungry, water when I'm thirsty. We should be able to easily say you're my way maker, my, my company keeper, my light in dark places. You open doors that's been closed in my face, shielding me from any hurt, harm, and danger. We should be able to express to God that you've been my friends when my friends walked out on me. You always kept your promise to me. We should easily be able to say that, God, you're my all and all. Oh, maybe we can just echo the words of the psalmist when he said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Or maybe we can't talk and maybe we just need to say, mm, mm, good. Maybe we need to see what God has done in our lives and begin to say, mm, mm, God, you're good. You're good all the time. So not only must we praise him for his mighty works, not only must we proclaim his goodness, but finally, we must publicize his greatness. The last stanza of verse 2 said, this is the kind of God I have. And I'm telling the world, this is the God of my father, and I'm spreading the news far and wide. The legendary Andre Crouch wrote it this way, I just can't keep it to myself. I got to go and tell somebody else. They've got to know that there's a God who is willing to help them bear their loads. There's a God above who really understands and he can heal broken hearts. Church, everywhere we go, I'm convinced that there is someone waiting on their breakthrough. And their breakthrough can begin once we begin to publicize the greatness of our God. Another songwriter put it like this, I'm just a nobody uh, trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. If I called on Daniel this morning, he would say that God protected me in the den of lions. Or if I called David this morning, David would say he prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. The three Hebrew bras would say when I was in my worst situation and things were really heating up in my life, it was then he shielded me and protected me from danger. If God has been great in our lives, we should not find it robbery to show some signs to God and tell God how great he's been to us. Has he been exceedingly abundantly above all anything that we can ask or think? Then we ought to show some signs to God when things happen in our lives. Now we know if we show God some signs, he will show us some signs. But let's not forget, he already showed us some signs a long time ago when he gave us his only begotten son. Y'all know his son, Mary's baby, born in Bethlehem, baptized in the Jordan, performed miracles. He healed the sick and he raised the dead, made the lame to walk and the blind to see, went from judgment hall to judgment hall, marched up a hill called Calvary. He hung on an old rugged cross. He died on Good Friday, but woke up on Sunday morning with all power in his hands. I, I don't need to tell you anymore that God has been good to us. We should live it in our lives and show him that he's really been good to us. I love the Lord because he heard my cry and he pitied every groan. Long as I live, 
and troubles rise. I'm a hasten to his ground. The more I talk to him, the better I feel. The more I call on him, the better I feel. He's brought me through some things. Y'all don't know my story, y'all. Y'all don't understand the mess that I've been through. But my worship and my praise is for real. So if God's been good to you, you ought to say yes this morning. And God has picked you up out of the muck and miry clay and established your going by putting your feet on the solid foundation. You ought to say yes this morning. If God's been really good to you, you ought to say yes. Don't fool me. I mean, if he's been really good, really, really good to you, you ought to say yes this morning. The God I serve has never failed me yet. And his track record tells me he ain't about to fail me now. Be blessed on today, my brothers and my sisters. We're going to sing this, this morning, all hail the king of Abraham, Amen. for he is the great I am, and we know that Jesus reigns.
just press, press in your presence. Behold the beauty of your face. If I could just press, press in your presence and never leave this place again. If I could just press, press in your presence and leave all my cares behind me. I still believe I will just lay, lay at your feet. 